let's let's get on to the matter at hand. What do you say? Sure, sounds okay. good. All right, I did not write a um, an intro this week, but I'm going to try to sort of improv uh, what sort of what I had in mind. Um, okay. So, uh, good evening and welcome to uh, Cinema Death Cult, a eulogy for motion pictures in podcast form. I'm Adam Bolger. And I am Colin Woodward. And this week, we'll be discussing two films from the 1930s, Frankenstein and The Bride of Frankenstein, uh, two of the most um, famous horror movies ever made and probably the most influential uh, and impactful on culture uh, films of all time, but that are oddly perhaps misremembered. Indeed. Yeah. So, Colin... Um, you sent me an interesting email that I failed to reply to. I thought I replied to it, that I saw that it, my reply was just hanging in drafts. So I'm sorry about being rude. Um, but you sent me an email about experiencing the Mandela effect watching um, the, the original Frankenstein. And um, I was hoping that you could first talk about the Mandela effect and then talk about um, how, how you experienced it watching Frankenstein. Yeah, well, I think it's actually named after Nelson Mandela, right? Because yes. people think that he died in prison. Yep. It, when in fact he got out of prison and and then obviously became the leader after he was out of prison. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know when he died to twenty thirteen or whatever. So you know the, he's he's an internet error uh, person. But this has been kind of transposed onto people's memories of movies. Uh, the article that I, that I sent you was in reference to Tom Cruise, the dancing scene in risky business. Yeah. And that uh, people remember him wearing sunglasses in that scene when in fact he didn't. Right. And then it had a list of you know, nine or 10 other things like, uh, the monopoly, uh, <laughs> character, the old, the guy with the top hat, people think of him having a monocle, but he doesn't because they're thinking of Mr. Peanut or whatever. So it's like yeah. people conflating memories. And it's kind of an interesting article, not just for movies, which is important, but I think also just memory generally. And with yeah. being a historian, people do this all the time. They conflate things. and But it's funny to go. I, th I feel like movies are a good way to test your memory because I'll remember something in a movie and then 20 years later, you rewatch it and it's not the way you remembered it. Yeah. Or maybe just a little bit different, but you're like, you could have sworn that he said a certain line of dialogue. So anyway, there's a bunch of examples for this and I'm sure you could, you could pick any classic movie yeah, uh, and literature too, like Sherlock Holmes. You know, he never said elementary, my dear Watson, all this stuff. So what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he said elementary, but he never said elementary, my dear Watson. He said um, elementary, my dear cocksucker. <laughs> uh, so sorry, sorry. All, I thought that'd be th funny throwing a swear word. There. We might as well get R rated right off the bat. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, the, it, so and anyway, it's an interesting piece, and yeah. I think with this movie, since it's so iconic, and maybe a lot of people that have seen it haven't seen it in a long time. It had been a long time since. I think I'd seen all of Frankenstein when I was younger, but yeah. you said you had never seen either of these movies. Is that right? Um, I think I, you know, that's interesting. I, I had never seen bride of Frankenstein for sure. The second me, one. Me too. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
The first one I think I had had on in the background and not paid attention to. And I think that I remember I, cause I think I'd watched it, but without any, it pro without processing it at all. I think it was very boring to me. And I just remembered the scene with the girl. That's only the, the girl in the lake, the little girl by the yeah. water. Yeah. 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 Well, I think again, it was one of those movies that, was on all the time when I was a kid. And so you'd see like 10 minutes here, 20 yeah. minutes there. Uh, I think at one point I did watch it all the way through. And luckily it's a pretty short movie. It's only like 70 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciated that. Both of them are short. Yeah. So it's a very user-friendly movie to rewatch, but it's, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I, yeah, I definitely had not seen Bride of Frankenstein, but there's scenes in that movie that, have been transposed onto other like young Frankenstein. Like I think a lot yeah. of my memories of Frankenstein are young Frankenstein really. Yeah. Yeah. Because they kind of combined the two movies into one. And so when I was watching the original Frankenstein, I watched that first and I was expecting scenes to happen that were in the second movie. Yeah. And yeah. I also expected Peter Lorre to be in one of these movies <laughs> and he has nothing to do with the Frankenstein <laughs> movies. So that was a real Mendel yeah. moment. I was like, when's Peter Lorre going to show up? And right. I mean, and the original Frankenstein, like, I don't know if he had really even broken into American movies yet. He did M in 1931, right. but that's in German. So, I don't think he was on the American landscape yet, really, in terms of movies. Yeah. Uh, he did a ton of movies in a relatively sh short amount of time. Yeah. But again, I'm thinking Young Frankenstein, there's a character named Igor. There's yep. no Igor character, let alone played by Peter Lorre. Right. <clears throat> but well, go on, go on. Uh, 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 yeah. So when I was watching the first movie, it, you know, it's uh, there's like 20 minutes left. I'm like, wait, well, he's, he's got to go see the blind guy and right, he's hear right. the violin music. And like, no, that's that's not happening in the first movie. So yeah. that was fun to experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think they're deservedly classic movies. I enjoyed watching them. Yeah. So I, I want to know what, what you had to say sure. about it. Well, the first thing um, I'm, I, well, the, the thing I want to say about Young Frankenstein, I had the same experience with this. Like, I definitely processed this movie through Young Frankenstein. And there's actually a third Boris Karloff Frankenstein movie called Son of Frankenstein. Right. That we didn't watch. Uh, and that's, I think, where other iconic elements that became, you know, that filtered through Young Frankenstein come from. Uh, so stuff like, um, e there is a character named Igor or Igor or something like that in right. Son of Frankenstein, Bela Lugosi plays him and he kind of becomes a big deal in that movie. And then I think there's a fourth sequel called, um, or fourth movie, third sequel called ghost of Frankenstein where Igor plays a big role in that somehow too. Um, but also there's stuff like the vest that you see Frankenstein wearing in a lot of things like, uh, like he wears kind of like a furry vest in a lot of like cartoon imagery like that happens in the third one. Okay. It's, it's very similar to, um, the Friday the 13th. Like the third movie is when like they, right. they go two movies without the hockey mask. And then like, it's just about the hockey mask after that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, in, 
I think I, 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 these are the only two Frankenstein movies that I've seen all the way through or, or probably yeah. at all. So I'm on, I'm on shaky ground with my Frankenstein knowledge, yeah. but yeah, you're right. There's like these things later, like the green skin that you right. see. Which I think was, yeah, it's a I, makeup. I think it was a makeup thing. Like exactly. Yeah. It was kind of a weird accident mistake thing because they, they have them in green makeup to make them look white look pale on, on black and white, you know, in black and white film. And then there's some publicity photos that were taken. That was my understanding. Exactly. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Publicity photos. And then everybody, all of a sudden he's green and then he's green forever after that. Yeah. And um, it's, I don't know. Well, just cause you did ask me about these, you know, these movies I got, I, I watched, I, I thought that I watched Bride of Frankenstein first and then I okay. watched Frankenstein, which I would highly recommend to people because Bride of Frankenstein is so good. It's such a good movie. And I loved it so much. I mean, it was so like, it worked on so many levels for me. Like it was a really well-directed movie. Like all the shots were great and the lighting was amazing. And uh, the sets were, we were, were wonderful. Like it was like very, it was like ringing like Citizen Kane to me at, at points. But then, but then, um, also it was like, also it was like ringing like a John Waters film too, because it was like this very self-aware camp thing with the performances. Um, like there was a, the actress named, um, the actress's name is Una O'Connor and she played, I think Frau Minnie and she's like this Irish actress and she's like, Oh yeah, you know, there's a monster. Oh, blimey. And it's amazing. Like she's this amazing, like weird, hysterical Irish person who's screaming. And then like four different men tell her to shut up over the course of the movie. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just like, where, where's yeah. this? It's like a parody of itself in a way, but it also, it works really well. And then the third thing that was so crazy to me, because I was, I watched, I watched Bride of Frank, so I put it on kind of late. And I was like watching, and it opens with um, you know Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley and Lord Byron, and I, I was kind of like, just like okay, interesting way to start a movie. And my brain was kind of going a little bit weird. I just kind of I don't know. I'm like, these actors seem like kind of like they just fucked. Like all three of them seem like they just fucked right before the cameras were rolling. And you know, I'm just thinking that kind of as a joke, but it's also something about you know like the lush the lushness of the set and the way that they were talking to each other and just the way that the, I don't know, they just seem very intimate within there with each other. Well, then it's kind of movie- like a poor, it's kind of like a porno setup, you know, like <laughs> there's these <laughs> three people in an overlit room and yeah. You know, um, so, and so uh, yeah. But then I had that thought carry through and I'm like, this whole movie is like charged by weird sex stuff. Like it seems like a very sexual movie. You know, like all this stuff about like the the uh, Dr. Pretorius who comes in later and he like he brings on those little like figurines, those homunculi or whatever. And then he's like, they were grown from seed, you know, and it's like, oh, oh, that's really gross. I know what you're talking about. And, you know, and uh, I, I found like this undercurrent of and also like when like the bride, when she's when she becomes alive, like she immediately is horny like she sees Dr. Frankenstein and she's like, Ooh, look at this handsome guy, you know? Uh, so it was, that really was surprising to me. And, and I, maybe I'm crazy. Like maybe that's, I was just having this weird disordered 
thought and reaction about it, but it seemed like it's really like sexually charged movie. No, I, I see that too. And, and the thing was the first movie was, was pre code. You had that very restrictive yeah. code that comes down in 34, I think. So the second one is just after the code is instituted, but it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really kind of more of a risque movie than the first one because yeah. there is the obvious plot device of creating a woman for Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. and she's pretty hot, you know? And, yeah. but before that, like the blind man is really kind of yeah. like introducing Frankenstein to all these like debauched behaviors. Like, yeah, Here, here's some wine. Here's a cigar, you know? Like, yeah. So he's sort of like indoctrinating him into <laughs> this adult world of adult uh, world of vices and licentiousness. Things. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, have you ever seen that movie Gods and Monsters with No. Um, yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen and Ian Brandon McKellen. It's a really good movie and and okay. I, I mean I, I'm probably getting way off base here but maybe the fact that James Whale was gay maybe he was willing to push the envelope a little bit more. Maybe. I, I mean uh, that's the, that's been like a speculation and yeah. there's actually been a lot of academic interest in that evidently. Like a lot of people have written you know, some analyses of this, of, of, you know, who's like a sexual character, who's like a queer character or what's queer characterization in this movie, but which is possible. I'm not, I I suppose, but I, you know, um, I, I think that it all, but I think it kind of, he's also a great director. You know, he's not just like this gay guy who can, who's going to put his gayness into movies, you know, like, like, I well, don't he think couldn't, they... he couldn't do that. So like, he's right, going to have to, you know, okay. come at it from a slightly <laughs> surreptitious uh, point of view. Cause he may, you know, this is, has to be a, a somewhat um, Victorian movie. I mean, it's based on a, a old novel, so he can't right, go but, too far with it. Yeah. But also the fact that, you know, movies are still a relatively young medium at the time so he's probably just like well let's see what we can do here and yeah. obviously the frankenstein character became so popular and is used in so many different movies so like yeah yeah when you go back and you rewatch it there is maybe a more of a sexual element to it than than has been carried down because uh they didn't really i mean i obviously they made a sequel so the first one was successful yeah, uh, but it was interesting to see them them kind of bring in these these sexual angles uh, to the material. But yeah, I mean, you can kind of interpret what's going on here like in a million different ways in terms of symbolism. And I'm sure you know people have written yeah book after book about this. But yeah, revisiting it from you know almost 90 years later, it's it's yeah. kind of amazing to see how far they they were willing to push things back then. Yeah, for sure, and it's also kind of amazing, in my opinion how much it holds up and it still has the ability to entertain. Like I would recommend almost, I would recommend Bride of Frankenstein to anybody like it. Cause it has so it works on like those crazy levels of, you know, campiness and this weird it's sexual subtext and also just very well crafted movie. I think, you know, it, it, it really rewards, I think any, a- any way you want to process it. Yeah, and I think in terms of a sequel, I mean, it's, yeah. it was made, 
what, four years after the first movie. It's pretty yeah. seamless. I mean, you could just kind yeah. of watch them <laughs> right back to back and, and you're, and there's no, wow. you don't really miss a beat at all. No, you don't except that everybody is, is recast and in an interesting, right. often in a very interesting way. And almost all of that, actually all of it is for the better. Like the, the so the first one, the first one, like to me, I felt like it's a really simple story and you, you as an audience member, you're watching it, you're watching it to see uh, Henry Frankenstein, which is weird that he's Henry Frankenstein and he has a friend named Victor when, right, in, right. when in the book, he's like, I was looking, I thought that maybe was what you were referencing about the Mandela thing, because I was like, wait, have I always thought that his name was Victor Frankenstein, but he's really Henry and then, but it just, some sure. Weird, yeah. Yeah. It's it's the only time they did that. I don't know why. But any, uh, so I was watching it. Um, so yeah, so you want to see as you you you're watching Frankenstein. So you want to see the uh, Frankenstein make the monster. You want to see the monster run amok, and then you want to see revenge. You know, like that's what you you paid the you that's what you bought the ticket for, and that happens over the course of the movie. But most of the movie is people trying to stop that from happening. Like it feels like it's running out the clock in a way. So like, you know, you have Frankenstein's um, fiance and his dad and his family and the whole town are kind of like, no, you have to do this traditional Bavarian wedding. Then that's going to, you have to do here. We're going to pull you away from making the monster and, and really doing the thing that the audience wants you to do. And so he has to have and you know, but Fra you know, the guy who plays Frankenstein, uh, Colin, Colin Clive, fellow Colin, um, he's like, has the most energy in the first movie, you know? So he's able yeah. to like, he's able to like, no, I'm going to make this monster or whatever. You know, it's alive. You know, all that stuff. And, yeah. um, yeah. Well, so he's, and it works out. And then in the, Oh yeah. So what do you think of that, that, that thought at Reed? Well, um, I think with the first movie, I mean, it's certainly a, a deserved classic and everything, but I think when the monster is not in the movie, it can be kind of dull. Because yeah. you're getting this kind of early Hollywood acting that's it's it's kind of um, stiff and and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, Colin Clive gives a good. I mean, you know, you don't want to undersell it when you're playing a mad scientist. I mean, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, you, you're waiting for that moment where the the monster comes down from the lightning storm and he shouts, "It's alive! It's alive!" And um, yeah pretty sad guy in real life. I read a little bit. I mean, he died only a couple of years after the second yeah. Frankenstein movie and was an alcoholic. alcoholic, right? Yeah. So, um, and they kind of, and Frank whale was like, had some misgivings about having him in the second movie because of his alcoholism, I think. Yeah. He was a real wreck. I, I yeah, guess at but that point being, he, it worked. <laughs> I don't know. But knowing that watching the movie, it was also like, man, he's sweating a lot. It looks really pale. I think he was super <laughs> hungover and it works. It works for the performance, you know? Yeah, it, it does. Um, yeah. So no, I, I mean, I, I did enjoy the first one, but it, you know, a lot of people say in terms of sequels that are better, Bride of Frankenstein is, is one of those. And yeah. I, yeah. I could certainly, I, I'm down with that. I mean, yeah. I, I think it is a better movie. Obviously yeah. they're kind of, it's almost a remake in a way. Cause you do kind of get <laughs> identical scenes kind of played out, yeah. but, it, but just on its own terms, I, I think it, it's better paced. It's more even in terms of yeah. the scenes, you know, the monster scenes and, and the regular uh, actor scenes. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. And the, um, 
And also like, whereas in the first one, it's like, so they're running out the clock and they're trying to get, you know, prevent the, the central plot from happening. Like that's what most of the people are doing in the movie, you know? And then the second one, it's Victor Frankenstein or Henry Frankenstein rather. He doesn't kind of doesn't want to do it. Kind of does again, you know, but, but then um, Dr. Pretoria shows up and it's like, and there it's like a catalyst. Whereas in the other one, it's like the, the, you have people trying to stop him now. Like it's people trying to egg him on and he's a bit reluctant, but you know, there's somebody who's even more high energy than him. And also the monsters on the loose, the mo- it starts with the monster rampaging, you know, it just starts with this right. pitch that the other one built to. And, um, and it, and it never kind of stops. Like it, it's really fast. It's a really fast moving movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the first one, I mean, I don't think Frankenstein's actually made until it's more than half over. I mean, it's really like yeah. the last 25 minutes he's, he's on the rampage, but yeah, the, the, the Dr. Praetorius character is interesting in the second one. Cause he's, he's the real monster. I mean, he's kind of the one yeah. making everybody do these things. Dr. Frankenstein doesn't want to do it. He kind of gets uh, blackmailed uh, into making the monster. Right in the second movie. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> and he's a little weak willed too. Cause he doesn't want to do it, but he gets, it's kind of like, yeah. Cause he's been through this already. So yeah. you know, why would you, <laughs> yeah. you want to under, undertake this it's second like, time? It's like waking up like really hung over. It's like, do I want to, I did a lot of cocaine last night. Do I yeah. want to do this again? You know, like, uh, I don't know. That was my, like, it, well, in his case, I guess, you know, a, a fifth of Jack Daniels maybe was what he had the night before. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's gotta be on yeah. set at seven o'clock for makeup. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's, it's kind of an interesting movie too, because the, I, I don't know if you can find a movie that's more different from the book in so many ways. I mean, yeah. if you've, have you ever read the book, the original? I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. A long time ago. And, um, it, I, I I remember liking it a lot and it is quite different. I remember liking the book, but then um, I looked it up on Wikipedia the other day and I saw it was an epistolary novel. Like it was all letters, you know, right. which I t- totally don't remember about the book. So I'm like, maybe I didn't, maybe it wasn't good. Maybe I, I don't know why I have this in so incorrect memory of it because it does that thing that a lot of like old books do, which is, it, it really gives a lot of cushion to the story. Like it really eases people into the fiction, into fiction. Like they, they like they feel like they, the readers would be uncomfortable with this untruth. So it's like, Oh no, it's, it's a series of letters, you know, letters, you know, you read letters all the time. So they're letters. And then it's like, it has this framing device of um, like a, a, like the, so like a sea, a sea captain shows up, you know, like a, or a captain is doing stuff and then they pull, pull aboard Dr. Frankenstein. And then it's like, and then the weary traveler told his tale. Cause it's the same thing in Dracula, but I think yes. the yeah. letters are a lot shorter in Dracula and there's more people writing in it. Whereas Frankenstein, oh, yeah. it's like very long uh, letters. And yeah. I, I liked the original Frankenstein, but Obviously, compared to the movie, it's it's so different. But I mean, it's an early eighteen hundreds novel, so it, yeah. it is set in that time period of uh, a lot of descriptive writing and uh, you know very romantic. Uh, but it, it was interesting to read, and you know, again, this is the Mendel effect. I don't even know if they really explain 
how he makes the monster in the original novel. She Mary Shelley do, sort of does, but it's like very vague. Yeah. And, and it's totally misaligned with the movie. And the movie actually doesn't I mean, make, and it makes this movie not make sense a little bit because he sort of just has some weird science fictiony thing where he can grow flesh. And he talks about, she talks about like, um, like he goes to rendering plants and robs graves to find like raw materials, which gets transformed into the movie into him, like assembling a, you know, a bunch of dead body, bunch of dead body parts put together in the book. It's just sort of like, uh, no, he was able to make it like DNA and, and the, and that's why he's big. It's a big lumbering monster because organs would be hard. He's trying to rep, remake the whole human inner inner workers of a human body. And it has to be big because otherwise it's too small and too intricate and he can't make it. Okay. And so then in the movie, he's assembled from uh, body parts, right? And so it's just body parts around. There's no reason for him to be big. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess. Um, uh, but I, I, I guess that's a stupid critique. But I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if in the – was it like a serum in the original novel or did they not even go that far? Like I don't – I think I've, that – I've heard – I think it might just be like he, he found the formula and that's it. Okay, because yeah. I, I I've heard so many like variations of Frankenstein. Like I, th- I think there's this old radio program I heard when I was a kid from probably the 30s or 40s, where I think yeah he like injected some serum and that's how it regenerated the life. It wasn't lightning and, and right. uh, uh, this huge um, laboratory. So yeah, that was all know, from the movie, all right? The, the right, electricity and stuff. And I guess they actually reused the literal sets in Young Frankenstein. Like, yeah, which is crazy. And of course, I, I got to look into this, but allegedly, one, one of the things sparking off electricity, like one of the electrical coils, was that looks like a Tesla coil. Really, was a so. Tesla coil made yeah. by Nikolai Tesla? Yeah, I mean, that's I don't know. That, that seems like too impossible, impossible coincidence, but. Oh, I think I think you're right about that. But one thing that's interesting about the movie too is like you're not really sure what the time period is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. There are these things that make it seem like it's maybe late 19th century, but then there's references or fashion that's like very late 1920s, early 1930s. Yeah. So that that's an interesting thought about the movie in terms of its look, because it's kind of like gothic meets art deco or something because yeah every room is like this huge kind of castle type of space but there's also kind of this this modernist touch obviously the laboratory with the lightning and everything is yeah it's supposed to be very modern but i i'm like what the hell is this town they live like he's just like walking along there's like a guy like crucified on a hill like he's been hanged or whatever. So it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll get this body down to use him for my experience. Oh like, yeah. What I is thought this that, place? Yeah. That was, yeah. The opening scene is great. Cause I, you know, that like they that cemetery on a, a graveyard on a hill and like that, yeah, uh, that bent over cross and, you know, just like, yeah, it's very heightened, you know? Um, I thought that the guy just kind of hung himself and yeah, that was really weird. Oh yeah. Frick, <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. Now that you've mentioned it, cause the whole, both movies uh, are sort of this, like this weird dream logic. Yeah. And a lot of things yeah. about it don't really hang together. And especially, yeah, like the, so you were talking about how the two movies were seamless. I watched Bride of Frankenstein first, but then I, then I watched Frankenstein. And then the, today, this morning I watched Frankenstein and then 
I watched Bride of the first 20 minutes or so of Bride and Frankenstein immediately afterwards. And it was funny because a lot of things don't really track. I don't think that the village ever see the monster when they have the pitchforks and the torches, you know, they know they're, they're chasing down a murderer and then they, um, Frankenstein sees his creation and then the monster throws him down, throws him down the windmill, the top of the windmill. Right. And so then people never see it. So, and he's, uh, incapacitated. Um, so, but they would just think it could have just been any, a guy, a bad guy, you know, and they, and they burn him down and they never see him. And then, um, and then in the second one, it starts off with Una O'Connor, um, you know, Fraulein, uh, mini, you know, going like a monster. He is a monster, you know? And it's like, how did you know it was a monster? Why are you calling him a monster and not a murderer or, you know, or just like, Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah. I what I thought was funny too is, yeah, because the second one picks up right after the windmill has burned down, which yeah. even now is a great effect to watch. I mean, yeah, it, was, it looks really cool. Uh, very, very cool, and like you said, very dreamlike. But it's funny that Burgermeister is kind of like, yeah, after all the destruction, he's like, "All right, just go home. Go yeah, yeah, it's fine." You know, it's like, yeah, you know, the Trumpsters want more blood. You know, they're like. <laughs> ready to steer some more shit down. So well, that was like the, the part of the campy element to me because it's ridiculous. I guess in the first movie that that actor is recast in the first movie, the Burgermeister <laughs> is like, which is a very funny thing to say. Like when yes, they called him the Burgermeister the first, first time I was like, what, you know, um, uh, in the first movie, he's just kind of like a guy and he's just a big fat guy and kind of a straight cop, you know, in the second one, He's like a weird asshole and he's kind of has a self-awareness to it. I think he even says something like, okay, yes, he's a monster. Oh yeah. Let me get on to some more important work, you know? <laughs> and it's weird. It's like, well, how's this seems to be like the most important thing that's ever happened in your career. You know what? Yeah. yeah. You have some paperwork you have to file or something. It was very, it, it was very funny. Well, it, again, these, these sort of tropes, that are that are in movies kind of from the beginning like yeah you have the the comic relief which is the woman the cockney woman and then you have like the dumb inspector who's kind of like the substitute for the sheriff that you see in later horror movies who's like yeah oh, those kids they just skinny dipping down the lake yeah right? and it's like yeah. five people got murdered last night <laughs> so yeah they're all kind of there um but again like for a movie that's 90 years old like it still does have uh, impact to it. I mean, the scene of the father carrying his daughter through the the town square after she's been drowned. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty heavy, man. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And the way that everybody sort of goes from dancing that traditional German folk dancing to slowly realizing the terror of the moment. That's really... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, also when you're you're kind of, again, thinking... Because... You know, we've talked about All Quiet on the Western Front, and James Whale directed the sequel to that, right? Yeah, yeah. Coming Home or something. I think, like, you know, (laughs) not to get too deep into it, but it's like this is a Between the Wars kind of movie. Yeah. And there's still, I think, this kind of, like, PTSD from World War One, and this kind of, like, consciousness of modern horror that's that's going on. Um, Yeah, for sure. 
So it, it's an interesting movie, you know, just on a cinematic basis, but also this kind of like history. Um, right. And, you know, watching these people in Germany, you know, hint, hint, who are going crazy. Uh, right. Uh, so, so it's it's interesting at a, at a lot of levels. Um, you talked about Citizen Kane. I I did think about that too. Like, yeah, if Orson Welles had watched, I'm assuming he saw at, at least one of these movies. I mean, yeah, he must have because it, it is Citizen Kane. It's almost kind of like people making a monster. They make Charles Foster Kane, who kind of looks yeah. like Frankenstein by the end of the movie. He's kind of right. stalking around and bald and all the shit. Yeah. So, uh-huh. um, uh-huh, my friend Frankenstein's monster. That's oh, one of stupid fucking pedantic. <laughs> Thing, well, know. and in the movie too, it's almost kind of like they they seem to be, you know, like describing him that way after a while. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. they'll say Frankenstein. You're not really sure if they're talking about the monster or or the uh, the doctor. But right, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I th- I think in terms of you know influence on movies. I mean, obviously, it's had a, just a profound effect. And uh, have you seen the Seventh Seal? the Bergman movie. Oh yes, I have. I, have. I thought of that too, with like the opening scene on the hill and the crosses yeah. and, and all that. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. with every horror movie that, that comes afterward, I mean, this is way better than the original Dracula movie. Something I was thinking about too. I think that I saw the original Dracula movie when I was in high school and I found it really boring. I mean, anytime that Dracula is not in the movie, it's really it just flat and dull. It is kind of dull. Yeah. Yeah. And the and this I think I kind of processed Frankenstein the first one the same way, except Frankenstein is better. Like even like the probably the most boring scene in the first Frankenstein movie is is when the dad is trying to, you know, it's like why won't he you know come here and get married to this girl and whatever. And even that it's it's dull because it's getting in the way of the plot that you want to see. But he's wearing this weird hat. He's wearing like a fez, and he has this like bizarrely long <laughs> pipe. And he's in a strange room, and it's like, yeah. what is with it? And he has this odd accent that doesn't seem like anybody else, you know, has there. So even that, even though it's it was the worst scene, and even that is like better than it's it's better than anything in Dracula, honestly. Yeah, well, it, the yeah the the first movie the. Yeah, Frankenstein's dad. Yeah, he's a real dick. Like, yeah, do you notice this part where he's like drinking this this old wine that he saved, and then the servants come over. He's like, "Give them champagne because this wine is too good for them." And then yeah, they guzzle it, it down. He's like, "All right, away with you. <laughs> <laughs> Your break yeah. is over." Yeah, that's um, and that's the other thing because it seems like this is the other weird thought I had watching the first Frankenstein is like so. Henry Frankenstein is an asshole and he's a rich spoiled asshole. And the whole thing is like, they just want him to be, well, you're the richest guy in town and we want you to like, just be a rich guy, but you're off doing this. Like, you know, you're off doing this like reckless young rich guy shit. We want you to be, be like a boring old rich guy. And that's sort of the tension of the movie. And it's almost like, so then he does this reckless shit and people die. And then he gets away with it. scot free. Cause they don't have any reason to, connect him to these deaths. So it's almost like, um, like a really rich country club kid killing some people in a drunk driving accident and then inheriting his daddy's firm or something like that, you know? Yeah. Now it, it, you, you didn't come at these movies from a million different ways, but yeah, there's a definite kind of like class element to the, to these movies. Cause yeah, 
there's like the peasants in town who are just as rabble, as angry rabble. And then yeah. you have the guys living in the castle on the hill. Yeah. Fucking everything up. But then, but they're never, at least in the first one, unless I miss something critically, I miss something critical. Like that, nobody gets mad at Henry Frankenstein in the first one. Like, like he leads. The, I guess. I guess not. No. Yeah, he leads the uh, the mob when he's like, "Let's go yeah. find this this guy," and I don't think he's like, "Oh, by the way, I made him. I, he was a dead guy." <laughs> <laughs> let me. Okay, let me catch you guys up real quick. Uh, in yeah, this, as, yeah. As we walk around with torches, you know. Well, and and the thing about Frankenstein too is like, obviously he is a killer. Um, but he's also just kind of like this baby, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and he's not necessarily doing things from malice. It's just like, he just doesn't know any better. Um, well, yeah. Cause Fritz is sort of like the big villain in the first one. Yeah. And it's, sort of, it's sort of unfortunate that he, 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 he dies so early in the movie. Cause it's like, he's visually striking. Cause he's this, you know, hunchback guy and everybody else is a boring human who can stand straight. <laughs> Well, it was funny. Like they had a chance to get another assistant in the second movie. They basically just hired the same exact guy. I'm like, did they? Well, I'm, and I don't mean the actor, but kind of like in terms of oh, how he right. looks and how he. It's like, what is yeah. this hiring committee looking for? We're like, we want yeah. someone hunchbacky, um, <laughs> violent. <laughs> yeah, good at taking yeah. orders to a degree. Yeah, yeah, we um, need somebody who's good with spreadsheets and has a hunchback. <laughs> Check their LinkedIn profile. Go to the hunchback section of LinkedIn. <laughs> no benefits, hourly only. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a great movie to watch this time of year. And it's funny, too, because there's like a lot of screaming in the second one. And, I, yeah. and people in my house were here and they were like, what are you watching? Like <laughs> a very loud movie at yeah. times. Yeah, um, that la- well, that lady Una Con- O'Connor. Um, yeah, she she is that great screaming scenes. Ah, and she's like and the bride at the end too, because she doesn't really ever say anything. She kind of screams, right. and then she hisses at the end. Yeah, uh, she's great. So that was you know, freaky. You caught? Did you did you catch that? It was the same lady that played Mary Shelley, who played the bride. Oh, I didn't. No. Yeah. I didn't catch, I mean, I read the Wikipedia page or something, but yeah, it's the same lady oh, at the okay. beginning who plays Mary Shelley. So you do hear her talk. And it's funny, in the credits, the credits, by the way, were great in Bride and Frankenstein. Then in, in the first, in the first uh, Frankenstein movie, they said the monster is played by dot, 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 question mark. Right. And the second one, they say Karloff plays him. But then they say the bride is dot, 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 question mark. But I think they credit. Oh, and that and the actress, by the way, um, uh, she, her, I think, yeah, she was a lady that was married to um, uh, Charles Charles Lawton, the actor who, oh, who, okay, who direct who only directed one movie, and that was uh, Night of the Hunter, one of the greatest movies of all time. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that's like a um, yeah, I've Robert seen Mitchell that. movie, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Charles Lawton was he was the Hunchback of Notre Dame, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. I think he was like a monster character uh, or maybe the Phantom of the Opera. I don't know. I get those guys kind of confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Because they would play different monsters sometimes. Um, But did you, 
ever have like a monster period when you were a kid? Like were you into yeah. this stuff? I'm re- it's really funny you asked. I was thinking about this recently. When I was a kid, like my elementary school had these bunch of books and um, they're all eat the like coffee table books and they're all devoted to different universal monsters, like universal studios monsters. Except like some of them were about like, you know, so one was about the Wolfman, one was about Dracula, one was about uh, King Kong and one was about Frankenstein. Right. And, you know, but I think there's also one about Godzilla. So that's obviously not universal studios, but, um, and I was fascinated by them, by those books. And I, and I think I poured over them and read them and reread them. It was like all these pictures. And I think I knew all the different iterations of Frankenstein and Dracula, like, cause I think they also talked about the hammer movies and like Peter Cushing and like the remakes in the seventies. I think I even knew about like Andy Warhol's Frankenstein from, um, from those, okay. you know, but yeah. I never actually saw the movies, <laughs> which is really weird to me. No, I think that's... that I saw Dracula and, um, I think it was boring and I stopped. Oh no, I saw Dracula and I saw the creature from the black lagoon because I like Creature in the Black Lagoon the most from the pictures. And then I saw the movie, and that's a very boring movie. I think I tried watching that when I was a kid in 3D. Yeah. It was like this big event. Yes. We, we got the 3D glasses. Yes. And then it was like, yeah, it was a kind of boring movie, and I don't think we, yeah. we finished it. But that's so That's so crazy that you are talking about those books because I had the same experience growing up. Like I didn't watch – these movies like religiously or anything, right. They had monster movies on all the time, but yeah, there was this, this the first town I remember living in Massachusetts, there was this library and on second floor you'd walk in and the monster books were all like, as you walk in the door, like straight ahead. And I would go there all the time and read those books because of the pictures and they were cool. they orange and black covers. I think so. Yeah. It was like, yeah, those, we read the same books and you know what What's crazy. I looked them up cause I was like, you know, those are kind of be fun to have around. Maybe my daughter would like them, whatever. And they're, they cost $400 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was like the main reason I think I went to the library because yeah. this is, I mean, I don't know, maybe they had like choose your own adventures and stuff, but like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how old I was, probably like seven or eight. And no, I was just, I was just drawn to those books. And some of those I've never seen. Yeah, like I, like Wolfman, I've never seen that movie. But it's I remember, boring. Is it? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I, I think after Franken's, Bride of Frankenstein's kind of pointed to Minutes Returns with these. Like I've yeah. heard The Mummy, The Mummy's kind of dull. I'm kind of curious to see uh, the Invisible Man because Frank Whale directed that one too. Did and, you see uh, the movie with um, God, Elizabeth Moss? Yes. Did you see that? No, I did not. It, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, I heard it was good. That was like the last movie that was released in movie theaters. Okay. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's a little slow in parts, but um, no, it's good. It was a good take on that, and yeah. and she was really good. So. Obviously, they they have a way to they can just keep reinventing these <laughs> these characters. Yeah, I don't think I saw the the um, the the more the most recent Wolfman with oh god, who's that guy's name? Um, I don't know. There's been a bunch of them. Uh, there, yeah. There's one with like there's one with Jack Nicholson. There's one with um, the guy from the guy from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and The Usual Suspects. Um, That's the one I'm thinking of. I can't yeah. think of his name. Uh, that looks, yeah, that they all look kind of bad, and I, 
I don't know. It's weird, like, because I think when I was a kid, I really liked, I really liked um, werewolves. Just as I thought their werewolves were cool, they looked cool. Yeah. Know? And uh, yeah, I think when I saw the movie, there's I don't think I've ever liked a werewolf movie. There's the one with the um, the Canadian one with two the two young girls, um, and it's kind of like a metaphor for. Um, kind of like, you know, becoming a woman or something. That one's, I wish I could remember the name of it. Right. Uh, that one's good. Like a nineties movie or something. Um, Benicio but, del Toro. That's the guy I'm trying Benicio, to think of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but yeah, just to get back to bright, like the original monster movies, like bride of Frankenstein by far the best one. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I I mean this is going off the gods and monsters movie, but I think James Whale was was sort of pissed at the franchise, what happened to it afterward, because that was the last one he directed. Yeah, and just you know, studio hacks took it over, and and so you know, there's a million of those movies, Abbott and Costello, you know, Me Frankenstein, right? Writing. Yeah, so it got kind of be sort of a self parody, and I don't think they've done a great. I mean, I watched the Kenneth Branagh one, I think. When that the came one with out, De Niro. De Niro. I didn't yeah. think that was very good. Um, the, the one I saw the uh, Van Helsing, the movie with Hugh Jackman, where he plays Van Helsing. Oh, that was. I think that it's was a, pretty bad. It was pretty terrible, but um, uh, but yeah, like Frankenstein is in that for some reason. Uh, <laughs> they and, just throw all these. Mon- it's like superhero movies. They just throw every monster into one show or one. It's movie. funny that you should say that because, well, first of all, yeah. So, like when they started doing the crossovers, the Universal Studios crossovers, it was the first shared cinematic universe, like the yeah. one in the forties. But also, they tried to revive it. They tried to do a new version of it, like Marvel style, and it failed. Like they made some Frankenstein movie. They made some mummy movie. I think Tom Cruise was in and, um, and it just fell apart. And I, I, and I think just the truth of it is that like, as, as much as Frankenstein has permeated our culture, like right now, like we have Halloween stuff out um, and like we have a, um, a Frankenstein uh, sponge holder by our sink right now. You know, I was like, it's green as a flathead, big mouth holds a sponge. And, you know, there's all that stuff like that. There's Herman Munster, there's t-shirts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you go through, you know, do you know what the name of Eddie Van Halen's guitar was? Frankenstein. That's right. Yeah. And so it's, it, it permeates the culture in this way. And mostly like everybody knows Frankenstein, but the thing about watching the original movie was I was thinking too, is that it, people who like, who are really horror movies fans i think would not like this at all today because it's not scary there are no jump scares there's not really a lot of tension there's a monster and it's a good like especially bride of frankenstein just a good movie but there's never a point where you're going to like jump or be scared i think in the movie right yeah well and i don't really know how truthful like you hear these stories about people back in the day who were like fainting and and all this shit and like i kind of wonder you know, how many times that really happened because I guess, cause it's a new medium, you know, at the time it was a legit horror movie cause no one had really done it, but yeah. you're also showing an audience that's like been through some real shit. I mean, some right, real, yeah. like, great depression for God's sake. So that's true. You know, maybe they were 
kind of thrilled and like <laughs> kind of maybe people were screaming and stuff and, and, and during it, but you know, where the people were like truly horrified to the point of uh, heart attack. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, got but, that. I think that was more marketing. Like even at the yeah, beginning right. of the first, the first Frankenstein, they had the guy come out and he's like, right. This, I have to warn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to warn you. This is a very frightening motion picture. <laughs> no, dude, this is, it actually is not. It's like, it's a well done movie and it looks cool, but yeah. there's nothing about it. That's, I mean, maybe the part with the girl, but even the girl is kind of a shitty actress. So that, that kind of took me out of that scene. Well, and again, maybe it's just, they didn't know what to expect. So I think that's, yeah. that's the thing with horror movies is like, you don't know what's going to happen second time around. It's not going to have the same impact. I mean, I uh, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but you know, I, I watched the original Friday the 13th and yeah, yeah, yeah. it, you know, I had never really seen it. So like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. So it, it has that uh, on its side is the, is the unexpected. And it's, it's not like now where you have the jump scares. It's like ridiculous. That's all they do. Yeah. 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 Now. Uh, yeah. But you know, this is 1931. So they're sort of, making the landscape. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, again, it's 90 years old. So some of the yeah. performances are flat and kind of boring, but yeah, it, I think it's still, it's still a fun movie that holds up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And I would tell, like, like the, you know, again, um, that Irish lady in that movie, I was like, my mom would like this movie just to this goofy <laughs> Irish lady. You know? um, she looks kind of familiar. I feel like I've seen her in another old movie. She's all, she's in, I looked her up. She's in other stuff. I, I okay. think that, and uh, yeah, she's in other stuff too. And generally she always does the same thing. Like Typecast, yeah. Yeah. Like this screaming thing, but it seems like she's having a, a really great time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she's definitely kind of the, the comic relief and yeah um, she's so good the her and the um i love you yeah, for real anytime anybody tells her shut up i was laughing <laughs> <laughs> i was laughing so hard i know there's like four shut ups in this movie I was like, <laughs> shut up <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, like the, the rolling of the r's like that guy who's yeah. playing lord byron byron i was hoping the monsters is going to come in and strangle him because he's like did he say you know in the beginning of the movie where he introduces himself and he's like i'm george lord byron the greatest, <laughs> the greatest writer yeah. that's no, he, ever- says, oh. yeah. <laughs> he says like the greatest either singer or sinner <laughs> like it's either like talking about a song or a sin and i was like i couldn't quite make it. I watched it a couple times. I was like, but Lord Byron didn't sing, but maybe he, <laughs> but maybe he sinned, but why is this pertinent here? You know, which is very interesting. Um, well, I think the, from what I know, the original novel, I think it started as a kind of like a hor- like a around the campfire story that, that Mary Shelley would tell. Yeah. Yeah. And then she decided to write the book. So I guess they're, they're kind of referencing that. And the yeah, that, movie, I, which is kind of funny because, <laughs> well, you've already had a movie like this should have been in the first movie, but yeah, it, this really is not at all in the novel. It's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, cause, the, and, yeah. Cause that's what I was surprised by when I read, when I read the book that there is sort of, it seems like they're setting up for it to be a bride of Frankenstein. Cause he does like the monster coerces Frankenstein to make him a, a lady, but then then the, then Frankenstein gets mad and destroys the project. Like it never happens, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I remember reading and being like, wow, this is interesting. So there actually is going to be a bride of Frankenstein, but no, they allude, they sort of do it, but not really. 
Well, and it's funny too because I guess the original movie was based on a play from the yeah, 1920s. Yeah, so it's again, it's like it's just like a game of telephone with the story. Like it just yeah. kept changing and changing. And then I think in the nineties with with Branna and De Niro, like maybe they wanted to kind of bring it back to the original, but it's almost like what's the point now? Yeah, why bother? And, and in, in the in the novel, it's it Frankenstein talks too much. It's just yeah. like shut uh, up, yeah. dude, because he's got all yeah. this <laughs> erudition that he's showing off. So it's like yeah. I think the movie. Yeah, you know, again, it's just, it's about a monster run amok, and so we're not going to have him talk, yeah. uh, all that much. Um, so I, I did like it. Did you think of um, this? Something I was sort of alluded to earlier, but did all of the parody versions, like ninety years of references and parodies of Frankenstein, did that kind of besides Young Frankenstein, did that did that did that inform your viewing of this movie at all? I don't think so, because okay. I think at, at this point, it's been so watered down. I mean, it's like right. my, my youngest daughter, she's like coloring in a, in a, a coloring book of a, a, a like cute little Frankenstein character. So it's like yeah, yeah. completely lost all of the original impact it might have had. And, and yet it's funny because it's still based on that original 1931 character. I mean, yeah, the, absolutely. the remakes and like trying to bring it back to like real horror, like no one yeah. cares about that. They no, just nobody cares about it. And it, it is interesting because the, the original work is kind of like, it sort of has this sort of serious idea in the middle of it, which is, you know, life and death. And should we, you know, should we fuck with that? Oh yeah. That was my other, my other kind of glib smart ass thought was like, it'd be really funny if somebody did reanimate, dead the dead and it was fine you know if there were no problems like after like years of fucking frankenstein it's like oh yeah we brought people back from from the dead and it's cool right it's, yeah cool, they're like man. walking yeah it's good let's no problem out. let's hang out some yeah yeah that'd be great to me because because well, we were assuming that it would go bad because <laughs> of all these you know it, right. it, you know and it's well, like um because the whole thing like man should not play god like it's a serious idea but then what gets what gets retained in the cultural memory is like bolts on the neck, flat head, green skin, and you know, big boots and whatever. Well, it's funny too. Cause like by the second movie, it's almost like the conformist culture is like taking over. Cause it's like, okay, Frankenstein, like we're going to get you messed up on booze and you're going to get yeah. you smoking. And now you got to get married. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let Frankenstein just be his feet. Let him go wild out, man. Don't, the, don't make him the, the worst, the worst yeah. horror of all. We got him in the suburbs. He's got, <laughs> he's got a mortgage. He's like, yeah. well, that's a hundred percent young Frankenstein too. That's, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. But I yeah, think... I, was, I was, yeah, that was my other, so many smart ass things watching it. You can tell why Mel Brooks wanted to make that movie. Cause I was like, no, the real the real Frankenstein monster is the friends we made along the way. You know, like some <laughs> bullshit. It's thing, all our friends know. who were buying us a shot. You know, at closing. Yeah, time. yeah. That's, that's the real monster. Yeah, and I was. Um, thinking, yeah, because yeah, the other thing is like you, it's it could be a parable about like doing drugs or whatever. <laughs> you know, because like the whole thing is like you shouldn't be out doing ecstasy and 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 uh, being so reckless. You should be at home. Because look, look what happened, all this bad stuff, you know? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to read it. It's kind of like, yeah, we shouldn't play God. We shouldn't create people. But it's also, it's also just like people suck, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. You have this innocent sort of 
creature and they're just he's getting corrupted every every step along the way is he he though because like they have that weird thing about you know which is so funny in young frankenstein abby normal like they put in the abnormal brain into him and it's fault. i don't think he ever told anybody i think it's just like grabbed the wrong brain and was like oh here you go and it's sort of like you know dusting it under the rug and um and you kind of like well maybe if he which is weird too because it, it, the central premise should be you shouldn't play god and reanimate the dead but instead it's like well if you put it in the right brain everything would have gone great right which is yeah. weird you know it works again it, it works because it's so memorable but it's also the dream logic of the thing and that great abby normal joke in young frankenstein <laughs> but it's like but then you think about it, it's like well would was he you know bad from from the get-go yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that, you know, if we were in a, a college classroom, that would be the discussion is kind of like, <laughs> are we born bad or do we or do right. we become bad or is it just kind of a wash? So yeah. I yeah. think, you know, the movie has something to I think more in the first one, because by the second one, he's just under siege. It's like, yeah, he, yeah. He, try, he makes a friend with the blind dude. Everything's going yeah. fine. And then the hunters storm in and, and you know, want to kill him. So, yeah. Um, I guess there's also a scene that was cut. Yeah, you're right. He's much more sympathetic in Bride of Frankenstein. I guess there's a scene that was cut where he was like, um, somebody else murdered somebody and blamed it on him. So he's even more sympathetic. And yeah, it's even more like your point that people are kind of terrible. (laughs) And they knew that in the 1930s. (laughs) It's like, so like, yeah, the audience is like seeing this new form and this new way of making movies, but. They, they understand human nature back then. So right. uh, it's, it's, it's a very, a very timeless and a, a very timeless movie in a lot of ways, but to get yeah. back to kind of like remakes, like, did you see uh, Penny dreadful? Have you seen that show? No, I heard it's good. It, but. I, I couldn't hang into it. Cause again, they just start bringing more monsters. So you end up getting Frankenstein, Dracula. Yeah. Wolfman. I was just like, okay, enough. But a movie yeah. like reanimator, which is kind of like that's an upgrade. A great movie. I, yeah. I, I think that's really good. That's probably like yeah. the best version of Frankenstein other than yeah, the that's like an HP Lovecraft, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really crazy, gory movie, but it has kind of like a, a sense of humor about it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great movie. I love that movie. Um, you know, I think that once you do Herman Munster, there's no turning back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like once, yeah. Once Frankenstein is cute. Frankenstein's monster is cute. Who, and, and let's as a, just anybody who corrects people on that, fuck you. I, <laughs> you know, like just you're not smarter than me. It just like, he'll make that mistake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once you do like cute Herman Munster, and he's like cuddly, th- there's no turning back from that, and there's no getting to like the should we should we play with Prometheus's fire kind of serious. You can't get back right. to that. Once you hand him a briefcase and push him off to work, <laughs> he's, once he's commuting, Lillian, that's it, right? Grandpa, and yeah, his, and his wife is the bride. So yeah, they like completely, yeah, just um, emasculated that that care. And you know, nothing gets the monsters. I mean, it's, it's I love the monsters. It's a classic monsters show and all that. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you'd have to do at this point to really sort of update the story. I mean, I think someone certainly could, but I don't know. I, well, 
I mean, I think we were right to say why bother? Because I think that you could yeah. just show Bride of Frankenstein and kind of do this, you know, just show that to people. It exists and it holds up and it's good and it's fun and it, yeah. it'll hit you in ways you're not expecting. And I don't think you could convert that. Like maybe if like you had John Waters do like a really high, high camp, high wire camp version of it. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe you know, because like John Waters is on that weird wavelength where it almost gets back into like totally serious, you know, like his otherworldly kind of weird movies. I, I love John. Well, now that you bring that up, kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show, that's pretty much yeah. a musical Frankenstein. Cause I Dr. Think Frankenfutter. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think anything is, is possible. Uh, with with remakes I th- what they would probably would do is just make it like the sherlock holmes is, it's like it's on it, it, everything's on fast forward it's like he solves 20 mysteries in one hour rather than one so it's like they would probably just amp amp it up as much as they can which i think would is probably a mistake uh, all right here's my pitch you get okay so forget the monster the monster's dead it's all about the bride the bride survives and she gets her hair done and she has it relaxed and now she solves mysteries there you go yeah okay it's called um oh oh i need it need okay i feel like it's right there uh <laughs> sherlock bride oh that's pretty good i've seen like the pride of frankenstein or uh you know bride's gone Bride Wars, Bride Gone Wild. Pride of Frankenstein. That sounds like a young adult novel or something about like a kid with an illness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A kid with an illness who like (laughs) means something like a a unicorn or something. Well, well, what's what's funny is that I just to you know I don't want to keep going too long with this, but like with Friday the Thirteenth, I kind of feel like it goes all the way back around. And when you get to the Jason movies, it, or, you know, obviously with Halloween too, but like, it's just sort of like a, a, a non-talking death machine. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot be reasoned with. It's kind of like, that's sort of a Frankenstein remake in a way. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. But I was going to say, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I think there's DNA, there's connective tissue between Frankenstein and like slasher, there's lumbering slasher monster movies for sure. Yeah, so it's, it it reinvented itself uh, yeah. in, in the yeah. late seventies. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, no, I mean if you haven't seen these two movies and you like movies, you should definitely check them out. Yeah, for sure. So you want to talk about Friday the Thirteenth next time? What did you want to do? Because I've I've seen the first one. Did you want to just maybe watch like one and two? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, so you watch the first one. Um, yeah, I don't, I, put, I don't want to put too much homework on your plate, but, um, I don't mind. it's all right. Like I can, okay. I'm, you know, I think uh, maybe one, and, one and two should be plenty. We could talk yeah. about three, but the, I, then I got to watch <laughs> two, two movies and, and that might be just yeah, too yeah, much yeah. to talk about. But, uh, I think what I'd rather do almost is like watch one and two and kind of, skim through the remake okay like i think that might be more interesting because i think like i don't know i remember the i've seen the first one for sure maybe not the second one and um i don't know they get they because it's such a simple idea for the most part but they get like more and more complicated about it you know as right. the 
know. Well, it's uh, I think it would be interesting comparison after talking about Frankenstein because again, it's sort of the same trajectory in terms of the character, oh, yeah. and then just kind of turns into a self parody eventually. Right. I just sort of as an FYI, I had an idea. Um, I'm going to do a solo episode some okay. point where because um, uh, I wrote that Freddy Krueger article a couple of years ago. And I was, and that's no longer online, that Freddy Krueger thing. So I was going to read it. Okay. Read yeah. Read that. And also, um, cause I did a, I did a book proposal based on that, that, you know, didn't go anywhere. Oh, I wrote wow. a, yeah. I wrote a sample chapter and it might just be, I thought it'd be interesting to read the original article and the sample chapter. Well, and, send me uh, the, send me the article. Well, send me everything if you wanted to, sure. to read that. And there, there's this movie podcast. I like uh, the Dana Buckler show. He's doing a retrospective about, I don't know if all the Elm streets, but like uh, he he's done one and two. So hmm. if you wanted to listen to that, um, sure. he's talked about those movies before, um, but it was interesting to, to hear him go into them again, because right. again, it's such an iconic series but i i yeah. don't know like I, I was never really into those movies but the first one's pretty good it's yeah. not I, I mean generally i don't really like horror movies to be honest they're not no i don't movies. either yeah but the first nightmare on elm street like there's enough like uh creativity in the filmmaking with it that it, it works as a movie and it's good enough like the it's tight and the premise is good and there's one terrible performance in it, but um, otherwise it's, it's pretty well acted and well, yeah. and I know you've, you've thought about reaching out to, to people like, what about maybe reaching out to the original director? That guy's still around of, of Friday 13th. Like it was Sean he? Cunningham. He's like 78. No shit. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Why not? I thought you meant Wes Craven for a second. Oh but. no, no. Um, but you know, I, I think, after I think he directed maybe the second one too. You know, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I'll see if, if we can make that. You got nothing to lose. I mean, yeah, yeah, just you can probably just risk not getting a response. You know, it'd be really funny though if we reached out to um, who's that former child star? Oh, Corey, Corey Haim. No, he's a dead one. There are two Corys. <laughs> Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, because yeah. he's like he's like in. Um, Friday the 13th, like three or four or something. And he like, when he was a kid and he like kills Jason, but then somehow becomes Jason, like it's convoluted or, or stupid, you know? Okay. Like, he, it'd be funny. If it would be like, let's see if we could reach out to Corey Feldman. And see if <laughs> you, you might, you might get a response. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think he now, does much anymore other than the Howard Stern show. Well, he claim, you know, he threatens to reveal all the pedophiles in Hollywood and people give him, Queuing on people give him money. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a wreck, but um, he yeah, rules. He, I mean, yeah, he he rules. He's such a weirdo, and uh, he's great. But yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely an '80s icon. Did a ton of movies we've all seen. I know, and he's a, a shit actor. He's never good as a kid <laughs> ever. He's like, and it's embarrassing because he was like, he got really into Michael Jackson. You know, and and so if you go into his movies when he's when he's like older, he's dressed like Michael Jackson and does like long Michael Jackson dances. He must have insisted to putting these scenes in these movies. Oh god, yeah, they're insane. Wow, and it's also like so you're the guy who's like exposing famous pedophiles, 
But you're also the guy who said Michael Jackson is innocent. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> He's the one that we know. <laughs> Getting mixed mixed messages here. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, tell you know, I think that QAnon people, because they're all like, you know, they, they want to hear that. Steven Spielberg is a pedophile because he's a big Democrat donor. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I don't know. That's my speculation. I know they they want him they want him to be a pedophile. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that uh, Corey Feldman has hinted he's he's like sort of flirted with that with claiming that Steven Spielberg's a pedophile or something. Well, all you have to do now is just say it, and then people will believe it. So yeah, but also Spielberg. Well, if you say it, you know, then the Illuminati will have you assassinated. Come on, man. <laughs> no, uh, you could probably get sued by Spielberg. I think you'd have to be you'd be you have you have to definitely be careful of saying that. Um, yeah, I think this conversation we're having about speculating <laughs> about um, accusing him of being a pedophile. Yeah, definitely cut this out. Um, no, I'm keeping, you, yeah. I'm keeping this part in because yeah, because we're this is not actionable, and you know, <laughs> we could ride this out as publicity. If, but if you want to get Corey Feldman, you might not want to say he's a shitty actor. He's the big whale right now. He's <laughs> the white whale right now. Oh, boy. Um, no, I mean, because I'm genuinely pro Corey Feldman. I think he rules. But I also, you know, I say that with. Um, but yeah, he's the dude didn't win any awards. So we got to. No, he was a terrible actor. He ruled. Realistic. Like I, re- I recently rewatched Lost Boys. Which oh. was surprisingly great it was like the first half an hour of that movie is like perfect i was it was i was blown away i was like how is how is this masterpiece hiding in plain sight how did i forget about this then then anytime Corey feldman's in it it's like the move the bottom drops out it sucks so bad i think i saw that you know, like when it was first on video and i i didn't love it so i haven't seen it since then but i i remember it i mean it's a memorable yeah. movie but i'd say watch i I'll send you clips and cause there's like a motorcycle sequence at the beginning of the movie. That's yeah. Out, it's astounding. It's so good. All right. Well, All right. Um, yeah. Reach All out right. to Sean Cunningham. See if you get a response sure. from that dude. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to reach out to both. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> some hockey mask manufacturer. <laughs> Has this been good or bad for your industry? <laughs> I mean, look, uh, so that sounds good. And, uh, All we'll right. talk Always, always nice to talk to you, man. Likewise. All right, Adam. Have a good week. You too. Bye. See you, man. Bye.